Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you all for tuning in this evening. I am so happy that you're here with me. I am your host, Rachel Kudran. I am the Etsy boutique owner of Kudran's Curiosities and RC Copywriting. I have a fantastic guest with me this evening, and I would like for her to introduce herself. Hi, good evening, everyone, and thank you, Rachel, for having me with you this evening. I'm so excited to be part of this. Um, my name is Susie Woolley, and I am currently um, starting a new business, which is called Majestic Wisdom. So the thoughts behind this is around supporting people in midlife that have moved through the corporate world and they're wanting to do something a little bit different as they, you know, move into the second phase of their life. So really, really excited about what's to come. Thank you for sharing a little bit about you, Susie. Just kick off this podcast. I'm going to ask you, what were some of the defining moments in your life that shaped who you are? Okay, I think I've probably had maybe two or three major defining moments. So I believe the first one will have been way back in my teenage years. Um, and that would have been around the birth of my sister. So I was 10, nearly 11 years old and mum and dad had a new baby. And that was so exciting for me. But it was also quite challenging as well, because as I was moving into teenage years developing defining who I was becoming suddenly there was a a new little person in my life that kind of threw everything up in the air and that at a very early age gave me the sense of nurturing caring for people really understanding you know how life can change at any moment as mum and dad were a little bit older um, when my sister was born and that for me was part of defining me and who I was as a standard teenager you know back in early 80s um a lot of my friends had brothers and sisters and that was fine but they were all very similar age so they were able to do the clothes swapping and you know the the standard sibling rivalry that may go on where for me it was quite different I was in a more nurturing role so you know at the age 13 14 and taking a small child age two to three four years old around with me to to shops and experiencing different things and taking care of them and I think what that brought to me was the the understanding of I guess what a woman naturally steps into at that very young age it is very much I believe that is what we do we are carers we look after people um, and we just basically put ourselves on the back front that is what I started to learn at a very early age I think the next defining moment for me was actually leaving home at late teens so there was so much that I went through um, in the teenage years I decided I needed my own space I was pregnant with my daughter who I love and adore she's she's coming up to 33 years old and is absolutely the light of my life um, and she, she she is absolutely fabulous and she is amazing but I was you know very very young myself and suddenly in that caring nurturing role once more so I moved very much into motherhood quite quickly and not really understanding who I was as in me who is Susie what lies beneath I very quickly found myself 
in a position where I was somebody's wife, somebody's mother. Um, I was still a daughter. I was, you know, I was put in a box from a very young age. And that pretty much defined where I started my life and how I moved on. From there, I'd say I it was when my next defining moment would be when I started my career um so I've been in the corporate world as I mentioned earlier for for quite some time now and it was the same process it was almost I very quickly developed into leadership roles I always took care of the younger members of the team so I guess from a young age of early teens right the way through up until recently until I left my most recent position in the corporate world I have always been in that environment where I would be the natural leader, the carer, the the mother, you know, you take on these roles. And what actually defined my later point in life, which is probably not not explaining it very well, so apologies. Um, I guess what that means for me is as I then moved forward into the second half of my life and I hit midlife, I then realised I didn't really know who Susie was, who who I was underneath, underneath all of those layers and personas that I gathered and collected through all of the years and loved them and cherished them. All of a sudden, that was make that was stripped away, and I was left a little bit exposed. And I think that is what defined who I was, and now I'm redefining who I am today. Thank you for taking us through your journey, Susie. I love to hear all the different parts that you've been through and how it's made you into the woman you are today. I want to talk about your journey in a sense of some people, even in today's society, and especially when I was growing up, was if if teens were pregnant, it was considered that their life was over. And I mean, we even had, I think in the US, it was called 13 and Pregnant or something of that sort on the TV of all of these teenagers that were pregnant and how the idea behind the whole show was one to show what it was like, but also the sort of the shadowy nature of the show was that their life is over. And I think that it's important to hear stories like yours where you were a young mother, but you, instead of it telling you, my life is over, my only position is now to be a carer and a nurturer, it was you took on those uh, personality traits and then you applied that to your job. And you said, okay, if this is me, then leadership fits me best, which I think is incredible because so many others that I've seen again and again, and society tells us that, oh, the teenage mom is going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. And what I have actually seen is quite the opposite in entrepreneurship is that there are many, many women from in all different ages that actually are entrepreneurs and they were young mothers. And I, I think it has to do with the fact because they had to take care of themselves. Many of them were alone at taking care of the child at a young age. And, and they had to be nurturing. They had to be caring, but they also had to get their lives together to move forward. How was I going to provide for this child? How am I going to progress into the person I want to become. And I think you may be surprised to learn or to hear about how many women are um, 
young mothers that are also in top entrepreneurial positions because of that drive they've had since they were young. Absolutely. Um, I completely agree with that. And especially back then, I mean, you know, when I w- was pregnant, it was, it was late 80s. I was only 17, 18 years years old, um, had made the decision to to leave home and to set up a life with, with somebody that in hindsight should never have done. But, you know, that's it's a fantastic thing to be able to look back on. However, I, I will never regret the experiences and that, you, you know, and I guess the lessons that I learned by doing that. Um, that is exactly it. When I became pregnant, I was almost written off to some degree. It was almost, well, that's it now. You've ruined your life. That You can't do anything else because, as we talked about defining moments in my life, I was very much brought up with, um, you know, in, in, in a loving, stable home um, setting. I was very much brought up with, right, this is what we do. We go to school, you get grade A's, you then go to university, you get a great job, you get married, you have two kids, you have a dog, you know. And it was it, back then, it it was it doesn't seem that long ago, but actually it is. And society's views have changed significantly than what it was. I was unfortunately, you know, in a position where I decided to leave that family unit. And it was because of how I felt. It was because at that point in time, I thought, that I knew best um I you know I I wanted to break free almost of the the box that I'd been held in for so many years it was almost that resistance for me it was like that rebellion that had never come a lot a lot of teenagers go through the rebellious stage we all know that and there's things that you do that you shouldn't be doing anything wrong I didn't do that at all I actually didn't rebel I was almost like the, the model child to the point where you know, it's such, such pressure to be so perfect all the time. So from a negative perspective, it actually, my perfectionism developed so strongly that it's really tough to shake even, even today. And, you know, that perfectionism really holds me back at times. But I guess for me, that was how I then ended up on my journey. And then I wanted to prove people wrong to some degree because I wanted to, to show them, look, I can do this. You know, this is what I believe in. I'm, I'm going to still learn how to drive. I'm still going to go and find myself a career, although I'll be starting literally from experience level and not coming in at a higher level with with an education as such. Um, but very much, you know, learn the industry and, and build my way. So. I still became successful by by doing that. It it was a challenge. And it was also to, you know, to prove people wrong. I'm being completely honest there. I didn't really realise even again back then it was what did I want? So you'll see the common theme here is always being around looking after everybody else and what everybody else expected from me. So already I'm moving into, you know, the early 20s of my life and all of this was about what everybody else wanted for Susie, not what Susie wanted for Susie. And that has continued and has progressed right the way through up until where I am now currently today in my early 50s. It's an interesting challenge, actually, to to know that you are suddenly in a different place with everything that you have ever known is suddenly stripped away from you. And, you know, you are, you're suddenly raw, you're, you're open, you are, it's like a whole new world has opened and it's fearful as well to some degree because everything, whether it be good or bad, everything you know 
has changed. And, you know, for me, I guess it's as we've as we've discussed, there's lots of great things there. It's, you know, a lot of the challenges and what I went through when I was younger um, has ha, have been has been brilliant. Oh, take care of it. You have to do something else for a minute. No, I can't. <laughs> Bless her. Honey, I'm... It's okay. I, I, can't, I can't come right now. You'll have to do a puzzle or read a book or something else, okay? I can't. Mommy's working. I can't come right this second. Mm. Okay. Oh, I apologize for the interruption. Uh, but I really do relate to the starting over you... you from when you were young, you had this idea instilled in you that you were the nurturer, you're the carer by the roles that you took on, whether that was your younger sister and then it was your child and then going into uh, your work that you still took on the the ideal that you were taking care of the people that were less experienced or the younger people coming into the job. And then when you hit what you would call your midlife, then everything kind of fell away simultaneously. And for me, why I don't know if I've hit my midlife yet um, at the age of 32, I have had a very similar experience where uh, for the viewers and the listeners that don't know is I used to live in the U.S. in Oklahoma for the first 28 years of my life. And in December of 2018, I moved to France. Now, I had a French husband. I had studied for six months in France. I did not speak the language. I also uh, did studies at my university, my college for French. But coming in and using French in real time with real French people and me understanding and communicating, that was non-existent. That did not occur. And so I went from being in an American environment that I had grown up in, that I was used to. I went to from speaking English every day to people who understood English and I understood what they were saying. I went from knowing who to call, what to do if I needed to take care of bills. Uh, I owned, me and my husband owned our house in Oklahoma and I knew how everything ran around it, all how electric, water, gas, bills, and I knew all of those things, and I could take care of any situation I needed. Now, when I moved to France, I stepped off of the plane, and very, very quickly, I lost all of my autonomy, because no longer could I talk to people, because there was a language barrier. No longer did I have any friends because the only person I knew was my husband's family and my husband. I no longer had a house. I was pregnant and was going to have to attend um, pregnancy appointments at the hospital in a language that I didn't speak. I no, I didn't, I couldn't even go to the bank and open my own account because I, one, I didn't have the language and two, I didn't understand the intricacies around opening a bank account in France. It was different than it was in the U.S. And every single thing I had known up to that point in my life no longer was there. Every single thing changed. And 
I can imagine if you talk about more of your story about what changed in your life and where did that leave you, it would be very similar to mine where I'm, I'm pregnant and I have absolutely no idea how to do anything. I don't know who I am. What What is this life going to look like here? Because it is so drastically different than the life I had been living for the first 28 years of my life. I legitimately felt like a fish out of water, meaning that I just I was just flapping around and having no idea what direction or my purpose of being there was. And it took a lot of personal development, a lot of time and learning one, how to be a new mom, two, going through the process of all those appointments and finding things that I could enjoy slowly and uh, to get myself back. And it's taken me four and a half years to really feel like, okay, this is me again, because so much had changed in my life. So can you tell me more about your experience, Susie? Can you relate to me? Absolutely. I can completely relate to everything you say, not, not from a language perspective. So yes, you know, that's wow, congratulations and well done you, because that is huge. I don't think people appreciate just how big a step that is. I, I mean, you know, wow, that's just amazing. And you inspire me already just by just by sharing that story. So that's incredible. Um yeah, I guess for me, so as I've, as I've mentioned, you know, it's how I ended up with my career was very much fallen into, not chosen. And that was because I needed to do something. I needed to be able to take care of myself. I needed to be able to take care of my daughter. And at that point, you know, she but she really was my number one. Um, my relationship broken down with, with her father and I then met somebody else who I was with for for many years but unfortunately we went through some challenges there um there were mental health challenges and so on and so that relationship didn't really continue past you know 11 12 years at which point I was probably um 30 31 maybe at that point um you know with a child who was 12 who was quickly growing who was finding her own way in life discovering her own independence and for me what I wanted to do was make sure that she knew she could be herself that was my that was my main goal that was it that was my sole purpose was to make sure that she could move out into the world and do whatever it was she wanted to do not follow you know peer pressure not follow what her friends were doing but I was saying to her it's okay to be you it doesn't matter what that looks like so pretty much welcoming all sides of us which Again, through life experience, I now realised there's so many different sides to me, um, which I can relate to the, the inner child. When I step into princess, when I step into queendom, when I really own my power and I know this is it, you know, I'm, I'm a confident, strong woman. I know what I want and I'm running the show. You know, to be honest, none of us can stay at that state 100% of the time. It's just exhausting. It's, it's impossible. You know, we all need to be the inner child on occasion. We all need those hugs and reassurance. We all need that. We all sometimes step into that. It's not fair. I don't want to do this. What about me into that princess role? So it's taken me again, lots of you know years of self-development to understand what that looks like and how to move forward. So when I got to my experience where life completely changed, it was actually around about when the pandemic hit, to be honest. 
So I was in around 2020, 20, 2019, it would have been. My mum was really, really poorly. She'd been poorly for about 18 months at this point, um, hospitalised for many months on end. She um, she had sepsis twice and she recovered both times, which was phenomenal. Um, during this point in time, my younger sister, who I spoke about, actually had a baby of her own. And she's the little jewel in our family crown. She really is. She's only six years old now and she's an absolute superstar. Um, so, yes, once again, I was very much in that supporting role, taking care of the questions that needed to be answered, you know, at the hospital, just what, planning what was going to happen next. Where was mum going to live? How were we going to, you know, take care of her um, and all of those things. So had that going on as well as, you know, managing a high level position in a, in a corporate company um, and a family as well. So, you know, lots, lots of things were going on. And what I didn't realise back then was I'd actually, I was actually perimenopausal. So other things were happening from a hormonal perspective. So lots of different things were moving and shifting at the same time. But that was fine. Quite highly functioning. You know, that was fine. I continued to carry on with my day. You know, every day, got up, did what I needed to do. You go to bed, you get up the next day and you continue. It, it's literally, you know, rinse and repeat scenario until the pandemic happened. And I know that everybody's world changed absolutely you know completely understand that but unfortunately um things took a worse turn for me so I sadly lost my mum a couple of weeks into the lockdown that we had here in the UK and it, it was quite tragic in the respect that we didn't really need to lose her but we didn't ask the questions back then um and you know the medic team were, were impeccable they were brilliant and we can't you know can't say anything negative about any of the care she received although there were questions that we could have answered we could have asked and we could have potentially done something we you know we were we were begging for for help to get her into hospital for, for you know for her to be treated um she had a chest infection she didn't have covid at that point in time and unfortunately the decision was taken out of our hands and a dnr was declared and we were advised she wouldn't be with us in the next eight hours and from going from literally somebody has a chest infection to she won't be here the next day was so it was it was so destroying it was just it, it it's literally even today I'm still not through that you know it's absolutely incredulous that these things can happen and that for me was part of my world literally come undone like completely because my mum has always been my biggest cheerleader no matter what I did in life good or bad whatever decision I made it was it's fine I'm there I'm going to support you she was absolutely one of a kind she really was she was a salt of the earth mum she was somebody that everybody loved and adored she was never a career chaser that wasn't that wasn't what she was about but she knew that I wanted to do that and she supported me in whatever way she could and then suddenly to be told she's not going to be here anymore it was like wow okay because she's she was the foundation of me she's the cornerstone of me she was everything that I held close it didn't matter what happened I knew I could then speak to her and say oh this has happened today you know and she would be like okay that's fine don't worry you know what do you think is best and almost coach me through it I always have the answers I know my inner wisdom I believe in my body wisdom I believe in inner wisdom I know that the answers are always within but sometimes it's really difficult to get to them and you need somebody else to help you so all of a sudden I was faced with this 
horrendous situation that we had to we had to manage and we had to get through and come back personally and I no longer felt satisfied in the role that I was managing I've been very much in a masculine world as I mentioned um, and I really began to understand what the patriarchy was about and very much was in a position where it was well you know you've got a seat at the table which I'd earned and was well respected by lots of people but suddenly didn't feel like I belonged anymore even though nothing could change for anybody else, something within me shifted. And that was when I thought something has to change. I didn't have a life work, the work-life balance, sorry, uh, was not how it needed to be. I was literally focused 95% of the time on work and very, very little on life and relationships and all of those good things that, you know, make you whole, that make you the person that you are. I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that I should do from a health perspective either. So there was lots of different things that happened. So that was the main reason that things changed back in 2020. And I decided, OK, I need to find another way, another route to where it, you know, I will find my own happiness. Um, it's almost how I needed to be clear on what I wanted. I was not clear on where I expected my life to be. I didn't know how to cultivate a life for myself. I, you know, I, I didn't even know who I was. So it's taken me a lot of time and self-development um, and just being curious about different things over the last couple of years to get to the position where I am now, where I'm starting, you know, I've got half my own business. I still manage half of that business is doing what I've done previously, but at least I can do it under my own steam as it were um you know, I can work from home I am still doing something that I'm comfortable with but then also exploring how I can take my learnings and how I can help then other women that may feel the same because that day that I sat there I was literally sat in a meeting in 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 the world I was in looking around the table thinking why am I here why am I here and it didn't, it no longer served me. Everything that I knew and was comfortable with for many years suddenly changed. And I can't tell you what it is. I, it was literally like waking up one morning and thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to do something else. And it's something around knowing what lights me up and what my purpose in life was about. It was about, it, it, it was no longer just literally spending 14, 15 hours a day working sleeping for maybe six and you know numbing out for the other couple of couple of hours because you're so exhausted that just no longer served me and it's so bizarre to literally wake up one day and I know lots of people at my age I'm I'm actually 52 in two weeks time um I will be 52 by the time this this goes out um but yeah by the time you know you get you get to that position you it, it's it's just incredulous to think there's so much changes and you don't know why. You don't know why things have shifted. I would say a massive event happened in your life, the, the loss of your mother. And it's actually something that I would like to talk about that I 
have explained on my socials, but I haven't talked much about it uh, throughout this podcast so far. And uh, but I can feel the emotion about your mother and the way that you felt and that all of that is exactly how I feel about my mom. And I find right now is since about 10 years ago now, my mom had her first brain surgery and um, things went pretty well. And she survived the brain surgery. We're 10 years down the line in October of uh, 2022. Um, actually, when I was in England, had a conference and my mom called and told me that her cyst had come back and she Mama. was going to need um, immediate or very quick surgery. And me and my daughter um, were supposed to come and visit in Oklahoma in November. And my mom made the decision that she would hold off the surgery until January because she wanted to be with us while we were there. Because as I live in a different country, she hardly sees her granddaughter. And that made me really nervous. I was really, really nervous about what would that mean? What would it look like? Because the cyst was always growing. It, I mean, minuscule, but always growing. And we made it to January. We actually flew out to California uh, for the surgery where we believe was the best neurosurgeon for the job. And she went through the surgery and everything seemed to go going fine. We stayed there for two more weeks. Everything seemed fine. We flew back to Oklahoma. One day after we arrived, um, she started dripping, well, more than dripping, almost like a faucet out of her nose, leaking cerebral spinal fluid. Oh, my God, new book. Okay, look at it, baby. It's, okay. it's for many. Okay, thank you. Um, and she started leaking cerebral spinal fluid. And this would be the kickstart of what has been a roller coaster ride in hell, to be honest, from since the beginning of this year. And um, it would be the first weekend in February. And really it goes back to October where things have been really stressful. Um, but since then, my mom's had five other surgeries in relation to her brain or things related to her brain. She's... She gets better, then she gets worse. And she gets better, then she gets worse. She gets better, then she gets worse. And um, she's had three infections of meningitis and she's fought them all off. And which is nothing less than incredulous. And she's had five different brain surgeries of different sorts. And she's had... UTIs, she's had multiple other infections at the same time, and she's been in the ICU. And now we're talking on February, March, April. We're going on four months. Mama. Uh, and Mama, I'm going to do okay? okay, baby. Um, and, you know, hearing your story and stuff, and, you know, you talking about your mom, I feel I could feel so much emotion in me. Uh, because right, I'm living that right now. I am living the terrifying experience of what about if your mom doesn't make it? 
And as a child and a daughter, what do you do? Who am I? And I remember throughout the multiple uh, breakdowns that I've had about the situation is I kept asking myself, how do I mother without a mother? And I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm so sorry. I'm just reaching out to you right now, giving you a virtual hug. It's so it's such a tough, tough situation to be in. And I'm I'm just so, so sorry that you're that you that you're struggling. Um I really I really am. And I didn't mean to trigger you in any way. And so I will apologize for that. Oh, absolutely not. I think that for our listeners that are going to be tuning into this, I think that it's not just me and you that have gone through this. It's not, there's other people that um, are struggling in the same situation I am in currently. And there's many other people that have lost their parents, specifically their mother, and their entire lives have changed. And so I think it's an important message that we send into the world that this is a space that's safe for us to talk about it and to know that there's other people that have gone through the same thing. Because I think for me, specifically being here in France and not having my family here and not having my very best friends, um, it feels lonely. It feels like I'm alone, like I'm I'm wearing all this stress um, alone. And so to hear your story, it, it not, yes, it reminded me of my current situation, but it also makes me realize that I'm not alone and that it was meant to be for you to be on this podcast during this season of my life so that we could connect and share in a, in a shared experience. And I think that our viewers and our listeners need to hear that. No, absolutely. And it's about being real and facing into those experiences. And I think lots can happen, lots Lots does happen, you know, in life. Um, we make poor decisions and, you, you know, we, sometimes we're unsure on what, what we do. And we just tend to, you go back to your parents at whatever age you are, it's, it's kind of what you do. So suddenly when you're faced with a situation that your mom is so, so poorly, which I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, you're going through this, but what an incredible woman that your mom is, though, to have survived all of that and, you know, part of her will always live on in you and and in your daughter. And you need to remember, remember that because she is so incredible. That equally makes you just as incredible because you're part of her. And that for me is is almost what I look at now and how I be, how I believe I get through my day. I still I still talk to mum every day. You know, um, she's in my heart. She lives in my heart. I've, I've I have tattoos because I'm, I, I, I like, I like ink. Um, I have tattoos of her that mean a lot to me. Um, so I have my own ways of coping, if that makes sense, with her loss every day. It, it, it was more difficult to lose somebody in that situation where you couldn't honour them. You know, there was, there was no celebration of life, unfortunately, because of the rules and restrictions that were in place at that point in time. And it was extremely tough. But also as well, it's more about how I've flipped this on its head. And now I celebrate her. I celebrate her life. I celebrate who she was. She was incredible. 
my grandmother, her mother was equally as, you know, as awesome. I actually come from quite a strong uh, line, to be honest, of incredible women that have done amazing things. So rather than sit and feel sad, and I'm lucky enough to have got to that point in my healing stage. So rather than sit and feel sad for her loss, I where possible, it's not always possible, but where possible, I try to switch that into something positive and think and, you know, almost celebrate the fact that she lived, that what she brought to this world, she she gave so much and actually encouraged me. And I know that she would and she probably still is, I believe, in spirit anyway. And I believe that she is still there, still encouraging me to to let my voice go um i'm not you know very very new to all of this and it's not something i've ever really talked about or done anything from a, from a public perspective but now i'm thinking yes maybe this is what we need to do to be able to help others and to to bring that comfort to say it's really challenging what you're going through and you're not alone and we are here to support you whatever whatever it is you need time they say time heals I, I don't agree with that. I don't think time heals. I, I think it's just as time moves forward, your inner wounding, whatever that is, suddenly becomes a little bit further away because you start to create different elements of your life and you move in different directions. So that wounding, whatever it is that's hurting so badly at that point in time when it's so raw, you're a little bit further away. You're removed a little bit. But there are absolutely key points in time when you can be triggered and you're straight back into that moment. And, you know, we have to be mindful of that. We can't just say, well, this has happened and we've now moved on. And that, for me, is one of the um, biggest messages that I would want to, to get out to the world, really, is just to appreciate that, you know, it, life is not linear. It never has been and never will be. We are faced with everyday challenges, which is part of life. Sadly, you know, with life comes loss. Um, but how we manage that and how we get through that journey and that healing journey is what matters. And nobody should ever be left to, to feel that they're alone. I mean, certainly in my experience, even though it was through the pandemic, I know I'm far from being the only one um, that's experienced that. Lots of other people have experienced a similar scenario. But what we can do, though, is we can shape the future because if other people are experiencing a similar situation, you know, I'd like to be able to say, well, these are coping mechanisms that I found work for me. Maybe it would work for you. We're all different, but it's just being able to once you've been through an experience and you come out the other side, you can go, oh, wow, aren't we as women fantastic? We really, really are, because once again, it's that nurturing that comes to light it's almost, and I fully appreciate and resonate with what you're saying. Like, oh, I'm a mum without a mum. I thought the same thing and my daughter's grown up and I thought, oh, but for me, it was bigger. It was, oh, okay. My sister struggled really badly with the loss of her mum and she had a very small child of her own, you know? So we had a little girl in our family that's two or three years old that loved her grandma and, and was like, oh, you know, drawing photos. She was literally creating pictures and she was drawing rainbows to take to her grandma you know like the day before she passed and a little two or three year old doesn't know why suddenly we're stuck inside a home and we're in a bubble and we've got all of these restrictions and 
the benefit that we did have, to be honest, was technology, which is fantastic, because at least we were able to communicate face to face via video, et cetera, et cetera, which is brilliant. And that's amazing. But it still for me was almost, oh, OK, well, what do I need to do? Mum isn't there. I need to take care of my daughter. I need to take care of my sister. I need to take care of my little baby niece. You know, you start to for me, that kind of then started to snowball and you take on all of this ownership until you realise, actually, I can't do that. I need to find my own way grieve myself and then understand how would how would mum want me to react in this situation she would want me to take care of other people but she would want me to take care of me first and once I appreciated that and I got my head around it which is quite challenging that's when I realized okay this is fine we're all okay we'll get through it It's, it's a very very tough and sad situation and it will nobody will ever be over it but what we can do is bring love and light to others that are in that same situation and try to at least offer some help and offer some support. Susie, you are such an inspiration. It just pours out of you and you have such a golden heart. And I know that the listeners and your future people that you'll work with, your clients, I know you're going to change lives because you're just so impactful. Like you speak from such a deep experience and you want to help others so authentically that I know you will make a major difference. And thank you. You're welcome. On the other side, so on your side, you've been through it. You're, you're on the other side. You're you feel that you're on the other side now and for me kind of taking on that same mentality but being in it right now is that I've had many people tell me why don't you step away from your businesses why are you launching a podcast during this time and the answer is exactly the same as yours is that for me, my business and my podcast and painting, it gives me purpose. It gives me meaning to my life and it helps me handle the situation. If, I ha- if I'm handling the situation with my mom and doing nothing, then I'm losing two things simultaneously, things that define me, things that make me who I am. And I don't want to do that. And so when I'm working, it's not just work for me. It's like pouring into my passion and pouring into a therapy for me to help other women. And that is why I'm on this um, episode today. That is why I'm launching the podcast or I launched uh, the podcast on June the 1st is because for me, this gives me life. It's a safe space and a platform for people to share their stories and for healing to occur for not only those on the episode, but also for all the listeners that are tuning in. And for me, it, even if you're in it, that attitude that my mother would still want me to do this, even on the days that she was feeling better, she would call me and say, how is business going? What are you doing? Are you launching this podcast? And I'm also writing a children's book. And so she wanted to know all the details about it. And for me, I know in my heart of hearts that that is exactly what my mom would want. I'm exactly where my mother would want me to be in this moment. Even though things are on the outside are going crazy and they're chaotic, it's exactly where I'm meant to be. And 
I hope that I'm able, if I come to the same situation as yourself, that I'm able to take the same mentality and know that it's going to be hard at first and hard for many years in different situations, probably for the rest of my life. But I can still take on the mentality. My mother would want me to do this. And I'm, I'm so, so proud of you for making that decision. Um, I'm very conscious that a lot of people, when they're going through this scenario that you're in now, um, close down and they don't know how to work. They don't know how to function. They don't really know what to do. I, and I'm very, you know, aware of that and will always give that um that's some kind of, I'll honour honor that, I'll honour how they, you know, believe they need to progress for themselves to get through it. Um, for me, it was very different. It was like, even though when mum was sick and she was in the hospital and we went through all of that for like 18 months before, sadly, we did lose her in the end. Um, unrelated as well, unfortunately, it was completely unrelated at how we lost her. But the point was, even when she was sick, I still maintained my day job, my role in life, as in I carried on working. I still had all of those things to do. I, of course, wanted to sit in the hospital 24 hours a day and just be sat next to mom and just do nothing else. That is that's almost like the go to. It's kind of like the I'm going to say the easy option. That's not the right word, I guess. But when I say the easy option, it's just like the, the most um, the feel the feel right option, because you think, OK, well, everybody's going to judge you. And part of it, when you do decide to continue with your business, continue to work, continue to move on when you've got challenging experiences. A lot of people don't necessarily understand that. And that's where I was coming from earlier, where it's like that judgment kicks in. It's once again, people putting you in a box because that's what society tells us we need to do. And that is completely fundamentally incorrect. You have to do what's right for you. And only you know what knows what's right for yourself and for your family. Like you're articulated about what your mum would want for you. That's exactly the same as what my mum would want when she was really, really poorly. And we would have a, a phone call, you know, from the hospital. And she'd be like, how's your day? What's happened with work today? And all of this kind of stuff. And I'd be like desperate for answers. Well, how are you feeling? How did the surgery go? What did the doctor say? And there was one point, and it's quite poignant for me, actually. And she just said to me one day, and she called, she called me by my um, my Sunday name. She called me by Suzanne. It was only ever a Sunday name or when I was in trouble. Um, and she said to me, Suzanne, and I, said, and I was like, oh, OK. And she said, I may be sick, but I'm still here. I'm still your mum. And I care about you and what goes on with your life. I've had my life. I want to see you progress with yours. So don't worry about everything that's going on here. What will be will be what's happening with you. And it almost for me was like, wow. I love dogs. And that for me was incredible because I thought she doesn't want to sit talking every day about, oh, this is what the doctors said. This is what pill, these are the pills I have to take. You know, this is what I'm worried and concerned about. She had complete faith and trust in me that I was going to find her a place to live when she left the hospital because we were adamant. She is going to get well. She's going to leave the hospital. We have a plan and we'll get her somewhere safe and secure and, you know, a loving environment where she feels that she can live the rest of her life and that is exactly what we did so even though we were going through some really tough times 
And we had phone calls to get to the hospital in the middle of the night and all of those scary scenarios that do happen, unfortunately. I still progressed with, she is coming out of this hospital. She's going to need X amount of care. This is where she's going to be. And I still continue to work. And that for me was the only way that I got through it. But it was all, it was also because almost it was the validation from mum. I knew that's what mum wanted for me. So it was very difficult actually to, to shrug that whole uh, persona of, you know, well, this is what I need, I need to do. I, I, you know, I need to be this person who's just sat with mum 24 hours a day, you know, not, not doing anything else, just being here because other people expect it of me. That was very, very difficult to kind of push away from that and to do it our way. But I'm glad that I did because I know that when she eventually, you know, did move to spirit, it was it was like she's no longer here, but she is. She will always be here. And that's the thing, because she's part of me and she is part of my sister. And, you know, she's part of my daughter. And, you know, she 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 just lives. She is everywhere around me. So her physical isn't here any longer. But she, her spirit, her energy, everything about what embodied her in her physical is very much with us in everything that we do. And I think for me, that's what keeps me going. And that's what she would expect and what she would want as well. So I've been very much the same as you. I've not, you know, I've not stopped working in any way. And it, there's nothing wrong with people who decide I need to take some time out and I need that space. Of course, we're all individuals. We're, we all, you know, cope with different stresses in very different ways. But for me, I'm just very aware of, you know, there is a choice. You don't have to just do what everybody expects of you. And definitely from a judgment perspective, we don't even realise it, but we put ourselves in positions because of society and what is expected. And it's yeah, it's a tough it's a tough one to overcome. But when you've been through a lot of experiences in your, in your life, you get to that position where you think, right, I need to do now what's right for me and what's right for mine. So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really proud of you. And I think you're managing and coping with this incredibly well. You are an inspiration and she would be just so, so proud of you. That's the thing. She she just, you know, she is, she's just super proud. It's incredible. Susie, you're just such a kind spirit and full of wonderful advice. And I really take that to heart. And thank you so much because I know that when this episode comes out, there's going to be a portion of time that passes between this moment and the airing of the episode. And I don't know where I'll be at that time, but I know that I'll cherish this conversation for probably my rest of my life. And when I'm having hard days, if and when that time comes for my mom, then I will come back and listen to this. And I think I couldn't thank you enough for that. You're absolutely right. None of us know what's going to happen at, at any point. And I think you can't even be prepared for it either. You just need to be you need to be gentle with yourself. I think that's that's the only thing. You just do what's right for you, my darling, and you just be gentle with yourself and continue, you know, to look after yourself and your beautiful little girl um, as best you can. And just just remember that no matter what happens, you're amazing. You're part of your mum, and she will always be with you. That's that's the thing. I think just keep that in mind, and you'll you, you'll be you'll be fine. You you will you will you will. It's amazing how you find the resilience within you. But you're a strong woman. You know exactly what you want, and it will be tough. I think that's the thing is accepting 
that no matter what happens, it, it's tough whether somebody's ill, whether somebody passes or whatever. It's even tough when somebody's been ill and then suddenly they're well again, because then you're living with the fear of what if they dip again? Oh, what if, they, you know, and you're just surrounded with all of these what if scenarios. I think you've just got to stay present, just, you know, honour yourself every day and just think, OK, well, I'm here. This is what we're doing. And today, this is the right decision for me and for mine. And I think I think I do. I, I just think you're incredible and I wish you all the very best of luck and just, you know, hope your mum gets well very, very soon. Genuinely do. Thank you so very much. And I also know not just for me, but for the listeners that will be tuning in and listening to this, I know that so many of them will be able to relate to it in some kind of way. Maybe it's not their mother, but maybe it's their brother or it's their father or it's someone they lost when they were in high school or it was their grandmother or somebody else. Every one of us have experienced loss that'll be listening in and this will take them back to that place and also allow them a space to heal. I am so thankful to have you on the podcast today on this episode. You have touched my life and many lives yet to come. And I know you're going to do terrific in your business. I have one last question before we go. And that is, what advice would you give to someone who is trying to find their path in life? Well, firstly, I'd like to say thank you very much for having me. Um, it's been incredible and I've really enjoyed our chat and I hope that the listeners enjoy listening to this too. And at least if there's one little nugget of advice or just one tiny piece of our conversation, you know, that resonates with them and brings them hope, then our job here is done. So that for me is that's what I want to achieve from today. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, okay, so what advice would I give to someone? Um, for me, it's being clear on what you want. It's knowing how to cultivate a life that will help you evolve into the person that you want to be. I think the other piece of advice would be, don't be so hard on yourself and realise that as you want to be the best that you can be and you want to show up the best you can be every single day, be mindful that you are constantly evolving. You are human. You make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. It's like if you can go to bed at night and say, do you know what? I did the best. Done. You get up tomorrow and you start all over again. But just remember that every single day we are evolving. That was something, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that was key for me to wake up one day and think this is no longer this no longer serves me that's okay just make sure that you know what you're chasing and what you want is what's right for you to cultivate the best life that you could possibly have but embrace of you changing embrace everything that you need in terms of self-expression in terms of evolving into that person that ultimately you feel is the true authentic you that is brilliant advice, Susie. I thank you so much. And you a perfect pathway into how to step into your sunshine and be your most authentic self. And I am so thankful for you. And you, the next episode, listeners, that'll be out will be on the, the 29th. And so it'll air at 8 p.m., UTC time, 7 p.m. UK time, and 12 p.m. 
a U.S. Central Standard Time. I can't wait to talk to you guys in the next episode, and I hope you all have a good evening.